0: down women with diluted dreams of a hollow joy been washed down i'm robin hawkins and you're listening to watered down women vanity of vanities all is vanity This verse from the Bible's book of Ecclesiastes are the words of Solomon, the wisest and richest king in all of history. He chose this phrase to describe the utter emptiness and meaninglessness in his earthly life despite all of the wisdom, wealth, and pleasures he enjoyed. Although Solomon was nearing the end of his life when he reflectively wrote this piece, The sentiment of these passages seem to resonate among younger people in this modern era, especially those who have seen more than their fair share of pain, insecurity, and instability. Throughout mankind's history, a hollow emotionalism has led to his search for identity and meaningfulness. A youth-led anti-establishment Counterculture developed across the Western world in the 1960s, and by the spring of 1970, social tensions spread across generational lines, dividing communities and families. An anti authoritarian mindset was prevalent among teenagers and young adults, and this led to an upheaval in their attitudes, actions, and belief systems. An increase in the number of televisions in the homes and the affordability of transistor radios brought a once distant world into the daily life of most American families. With these advances in technology and communication, news from abroad, both good and bad, was now easily accessible and began to influence the mindset of American society. During this time, hopelessness, anger, and fear were widespread. War was rampant, and weaponry was heading into a nuclear and seemingly apocalyptic direction. Mankind had entered into the space race, bringing with it and anxiety about the uncertainty and futuristic unknowns of our planet. And riots and protests were at the forefront of every newspaper. For a person who was already depressed and pessimistic, these worries compounded an overwhelming angst and despondency, and that feeling was especially festering inside Sonny Adkins. For reasons we'll never know, his grim and dismal persona appealed to the obtuse and imperceptive mentality of Kathy Smith. From what we have already discussed, we learned that Kathy had grown increasingly bored and restless with her life as a housewife, and her role as mother to two small children seemed insignificant as she became completely engrossed and enchanted with her new dispirited love interest. At first, Kathy and Sonny's romance appeared to be only sexual in nature, as she had a husband and he continued to date other women. So onlookers saw them as simply sowing their wild oats. As time went on, and their dependency on one another led to them spending more and more time together, friends and family members began to take note of their behaviors and worried that the couple had developed a shared gloomy outlook on life. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die why Solomon's words from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 could not have been more prophetic, at least where Kathy and Sonny were concerned. Sonny had returned to his little Kentucky neighborhood less than two months prior to meeting Kathy, and she had lived in the area for only six months when their fateful paths crossed. To most people, That seems like a ridiculously short amount of time to become so engrossed with someone that you would trust them with your life and even more so to entrust them with your death. This sudden infatuation and obsession does, at face value, look to be rather absurd. But what if some other force, far removed from love, was at play? When we hear the word curse our first thought is usually of someone speaking a profanity or an expletive but some people believe it to mean an utterance used to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm on someone or something there are individuals who follow the practice of chinese geomancy or feng shui in belief that invisible forces from within the earth are what binds humanity and the universe together. This notion is believed to have originated as a means of locating the best burial sites that would provide proper peace and energy for guiding their ancestors' spirits once they leave this world. A negative energy would lead to bad feng shui and would cause detrimental effects. For Christians, a belief that God cursed the land because of Adam's sin stems from his words in Genesis 3.17 as God tells Adam, Cursed is the ground for your sake. Ironically, Adam was formed from the dust of the earth and the Hebrew word for Adam means ground and its Greek meaning is red earth. Perhaps describing the first man as having a ruddy complexion. Regardless of one's philosophical or spiritual perspective about the dust of the earth, most cultures believe that our bodies return to dust upon our death. With that being said, is it possible for a piece of ground to harbor a drawing power that lures evil or destruction? In this season, we are examining the lives of three women who all died in the same gruesome manner within two-tenths of a mile from each other, yet over three different decades. In future episodes, we'll uncover even more uncanny commonalities among these victims and discover that those similarities lead back to the same central connection And that is, in fact, their location. So, on the evening of Wednesday, June 3rd, 1970, Clyde Sunny Adkins went to the home of his sister, Sandy, and asked her to iron his favorite pale blue shirt and navy colored Thera slacks, telling her that he had plans for later that night. Meanwhile, Kathy Smith adorned herself in a white eyelet laced blouse, orange and white plaid skirt, and white slingback sandals. The hour was growing late and time was running out as she tiptoed into the children's room, tucked their blankets tightly around her son and daughter, kissed each of them on the forehead, and then snuck quietly past her husband, who was sleeping in a chair near the living room door. Kathy made her way through the yard, connecting her to Pryor Road, and proceeded on to the home of Sonny's family. In the meantime, Sonny removed a twenty-two caliber pistol from its high resting place and tucked it into the waistband of his trousers. As he was exiting his older sister's house, he was met by her young daughter and Sunny's youngest sister. He gave each of them a kiss on the top of the head and then told them he would not be coming back. He further instructed them that if no one had heard from him by morning, to look for him either at his mother's grave or in the nearby woods on Han Road. Sonny then walked the long, dark mile from his sister's house to his dad's house on Pryor Road. Kathy was already there, waiting anxiously for his arrival. Suspicions weren't aroused, as the two lovers had rendezvoused in this manner before, and with having no home phone, no warning call came to report that he had armed himself with his brother-in-law's gun. The couple exited the house, headed north on the road, walking hand-in-hand, or we can suppose. They passed the site of the former Hall House, where Jess Hall had ended the lives of himself and his wife Eliza some fifteen years earlier. They made a slight westward turn at the end of Prior Road, walked several yards, And entered into the Han Road woods along a well known and well beaten path. The air was unseasonably cool as the temperature had fallen into the 50s. It may have caused Kathy to feel underdressed in her short sleeved top. Her sandal laden feet probably felt the dampness of any twigs that might have pressed against her toes visibility was very low as the waning crescent moon darkened the night sky. Those who follow the lunar cycle and adhere to its mystic properties believe that as the moon wanes, energy levels decrease and some view it as the perfect time for cutting ties with past lovers. Blue moon of Kentucky keep on shining Over 50 years now, much has been speculated about this gruesome evening. Rumors have been passed down through the decades, reporting that a third person was seen in the woods that night. Friends and family members often recall the pair and agonize over so many unanswered questions. Why did it have to end this way? What words were spoken between the two? Was the plan discussed in advance? Did they wear their finest clothes in order to dress for the occasion? Was the scene chaotic and disorderly? Or was the arrangement well-formulated? All questions that will never be answered. If you knew the words you were about to speak, would be your last words spoken in life, what would you say? In Romeo's death scene, he bade his eyes to take their last look, his arms their last embrace, and his lips, those doors of breath, thus with a kiss I die. Juliet's life ends as she kisses her Romeo in hopes of dying from the same poison and says, Thy lips are warm. So with that, she takes his knife and as she thrusts it into her stomach, cries out, O happy dagger, this is thy sheath. There, rust and let me die. We'll never know which words, if any, were spoken between Kathy and Sonny on that night, nor will we know if they shared a kiss before dying. In the early morning hours of Thursday, June 4th, 1970, before the morning sun peaked through the clouds, the family of Sonny Adkins began a search of the Han Road woods, frantically calling out his name. And there, not far from the road's edge, lay the bodies of the tragic lovers. Kathy was described as looking like a sleeping angel, with her hair falling perfectly around her face and a small drop of blood on the side of her lip, serving as the only visible indicator of her fatal wound. Four days later, her casket rested in the same church on the same spot where Eliza Hall's body had been placed after she died under eerily similar circumstances. While Kathy's family members paid their final respects, we can only imagine what thoughts must have entered into their minds. I am reminded of the words of R.J. Gonzalez, a flower bloomed already wilting, beginning its life with an early ending. These words may best describe this 21-year life that commenced in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and concluded just beyond the end of Pryor Road. Kathy Smith, a young woman, who will remain forever young. Watered down women with diluted dreams of home joy has been washed down. Grab a shovel and join me each Monday as we dig a little deeper and uncover the tragedies of watered down women.